the strength of any person at any given time can be measured by one thing, and that's their joy. Joy is the strength of any person. It's, it's really the strength of the mind. So what measures a person's strength, how strong they are, is it's directly related to how joyful they are. How joyful they are. Um, or how happy they are. I, to me, I don't really find a difference between joy and happiness because I believe true happiness, true happiness is joy. Right? Sometimes people are having fun and doing crazy things that's just not good for them at all. They're like, I'm happy. But they're really not. It's just like, it's a face of happiness. True happiness and joy are synonymous. And what defines a person's strength, the strength that they have, how strong that person is, is how much joy they are walking in in their life. Amen? By the way, I don't think there is a level to joy. It's something you either have or don't. It's like life. A person is either alive or, or dead, right? You can't be, well, he's, he's mostly alive. No, like you either have life or you're not in life. In the same way when it comes to joy, it's, that it's a black and white thing. You either have it or you don't. And if you have it, you, are, you have strength. Amen? And the way we know this is uh, without joy... When a person loses joy, they're, they're, they're simply defeated, right? When joy just comes out of you, I, I guarantee you have no strength to walk. Let me tell you, have you ever, you know, had a day where everything was going great and, and you're just like, you have energy, literally even physically, right? Not just emotionally, but you, you have physical energy, you're doing things and something happens, something bad happens, you know? The moment that bad thing takes place, if it's really bad in my experience, have you ever felt like sleeping? Yeah. Right? Like, you're great. Like, you had energy. You're just doing things. You're about to leave. I'm like, you're like, I'm about to go shopping. I'm about to go do this thing. And just someone just does something. Like, just, you know, disappoints you, angers you, or something happens. And you just have all these questions in your head. Whatever that negative thing, you can think of it. When that thing strikes, you kind of just lose your energy. Literally, physically. Physically, suddenly you feel tired. Right? People just go take a nap. You're like, maybe I'll feel better if I take a nap. Why? Because your joy and your strength are related. And they're correlated. They are in there. So your joy is your strength. Amen? So what the devil does in all of his attempts against us is he is after our joy. Because he knows that if he can t take away, chip away, or el basically eliminate my joy, he knows he can break me. Right? Let's go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. You guys there? John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill. Kill? You got it like that? To kill? <laughs> and to destroy. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. The thief does not come except to kill, to steal, and to destroy. <laughs> the devil has no purpose when he comes and talks to you. Sometimes the devil, in my experience, he, he comes like, he actually thinks 
he can, you know, and he has convinced me before, so I've, I've fallen prey to that. But he comes, like, making us feel as if he has something to offer, like advice. Have you ever noticed that? The enemy says, but you shouldn't do that. If you do that, that's, that thing's going to happen to you. And it makes sense. It's logical. <laughs> like, logically, in, the, like in, your, in our natural mind, it's like, yeah, the devil's right. <laughs> don't, ever, don't ever start a conversation with the devil. It ends bad. The enemy comes, and what he does also, and he tells you, he's like, you sinned so bad. And he tells you the truth. It's a sin. And one thing, one, you know, when the devil condemns us, one day the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he's like, the devil has no right to talk to you about sin, because he's not your moral compass. <laughs> Who is the devil to talk to you about your sin? The devil? Does he have any morals? Like, is he qualified to talk about sin? No. So even if he's right and you've done so, don't listen to him. Go to the Holy Spirit. Because the enemy will tell you enough truth and you're like, yeah, yeah. And, and then you can't even figure out where the lie is because he's, he's using deception and then you're already lost in that lie. And by then, he has already stolen something from you. He's killed something, right? Like, and that thing is really your joy. He's taking away. He's, he knows. He's very well calculated. He can take your strength and he has other plans for you. He'll keep guiding you. God has plans for you, and the devil has plans for you. Go, only go to God and only listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, Jesus says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he says, I have come that they may have life. Say, have life. And, and that they may have it more abundantly. So, the first, Jesus here is talking, you know, he's, this is the portion in John where he's talking about him being the good shepherd and it's talking about the sheep, uh, like us being a sheep. And so, in context here, when the devil is coming to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus is actually talking about the enemy, is, his plan is to come to people whom God wills to be saved. God wants everybody to be saved. God hasn't chosen a select few and a special few. His heart is for, say, for all. For all. We have to establish the, very, the things of the very nature of God and his love and goodness. But the enemy comes and he does what he, he's, he wants people to perish. God doesn't want people to perish. The enemy wants them to perish. So he comes and his plan is to take people away from God. And he can't force them to do that. They do that willingly because people are, don't, not everybody wants God, right? Now, the devil's initial plan and his best plan for any person is to, to, for, for you not to be saved. That's his best plan. Like his best game is like Baruch. He's like, I don't. How can I not have a be saved? He already lost because Baruch is saved. Amen. All right? He lost a long time ago. No, but that's the devil's goal. He's like, I want to steal you and destroy you, take you out of the family of God. Right? Make you God's enemy. Now, if that doesn't work for the devil, he has other plans. Some of us really need his work ethic, <laughs> like and just persistence and like I won't give up. Right? He works really hard. Now, if, he, if the devil can't kill, steal, or destroy you, meaning he can't kill your, you know, your spirit, he can't keep you from salvation, and you said no, you, got, you said yes to Jesus, and you got born again. If he can't do that, what the devil is going to try to do is he will fight to kill, steal, or destroy your awareness of you. So let's say you're born again, you are born again. You're in the family of God. So what the enemy knows, he's like, man, I've lost. So now he has other plans, and his plans can be summed up to this. He's going to come, and he's trying to, 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 to steal, kill, and destroy 
any awareness that you can have of the real you. Say the real me. Because you see, when you got born again, someone got born again, and that wasn't your body. Because if you were 25 when you got born again, the day after you were born again, you were just the word 25. Nothing changed about your age. Nothing changed about your physical appearance. Everything is the same. But what changed was the real you. Say the real me. The real you lives and controls this body and that's the spirit being, right? The real you got born again and you became a, a new creation. Say new creation. I'm going to make you guys repeat everything I say today. You can, you're going to say the whole sermon together. Um, become a new creation. That looks like God. That's good news. How effectively we walk our lives out on this earth as the children of God, doing the will of God, depends on how aware we are of the real us. Amen? How successfully we walk in righteousness, how successfully we walk in our callings, how successfully we, we walk like Jesus walked doing the greater works that he promised and spoke that we would do, depends on how aware we are of our true selves. So what the devil does is he's like, I'm going to come and I'm going to steal their awareness of their identity. Because he knows if he can do that, he's stolen something. And while we are such powerful beings that, we're, that have been restored unto the likeness of God, walking on this earth, we, our potential is Jesus. Our potential, the potential of your life looks like Jesus' life. Isn't that amazing? The potential of what I can look like on this earth, whether it be in my dreams, aspirations, whether it be in what I can do for the kingdom of God and bringing people to the kingdom of God in, in my calling, whether it be in my finances, whether it be in my health and everything, my potential looks like the life of Jesus. Amen? Nothing short of that. Jesus flat out said, greater works you, should, you will do. Because I go to my Father. Jesus says here, the enemy comes to do all these things, to steal. But he says, I have come that they may have life. Say, have life again. Have life. That's what it's all about. This life is what we're talking about. The life looks like the life that Jesus had inside of him. Guys, I'm sure have heard me say this before. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All that is going on. And then it says something amazing. He says, in Him was life. And His life was the light of men. When Jesus was walking on the earth, something made Him look different than every other man that walked on the earth. And it wasn't the fact that He was God. It was the fact that He had life. He was a man walking on the earth, not God. He was man and he was walking. But something in him, I mean, was blasting out such truth, saying, this is your potential, this is your potential, this is your potential to all mankind. That thing was his life. Amen? And that's why he was called the son of God, because he has life in him. Nobody else was a son of God until you become born again. Amen? So what happens is Jesus says here, the enemy comes to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you, but I have come that you may have life. Which life? The life that he has. The kind of life that he has. And have it more abundantly. Amen? We come to life and we have the kind of life that Jesus has. How do we get it? We said it by being born again. We got born again into the family of God. 
We weren't the sons of God. We had no life. We were just flesh and blood. We were still spirit beings, but dead to God. No relationship with God. Cut off from God. Cut off from the likeness of God. And we're just doing whatever. Failing miserably at life. Because what God told Adam and Eve when he created them was dominate and rule over the earth. But man has been dominated by the earth. Have you noticed that? Huh? Even happens to us, right? Storms come, wind, people, oh my God, everybody's scared. Like, we're dominated by things we should be dominating. Situations, circumstances. But the only one who dominated like man was originally was meant to dominate was Jesus. Because he had life. Amen? Say life. So Jesus says, I'm going to give you life and give it to you more ab abundantly. So this life, we got born again into the, into the family of God and into the kingdom of God, and we have it. And now Romans 14.6 tells us something about the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? It says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, right? But it's, a, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Say righteousness, righteousness. Peace, peace, and joy, and the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. This, the, the, the kingdom of God is characterized by these three things. Literally, the characteristics of the kingdom of God. What, what, is, what is the kingdom? Summarize it for us. God says, well, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Simply means everything that happens here is right. No wrong ever takes place. And the atmosphere is always peace, no stress in it, constantly. And, and, and joy and happiness constantly that's what the kingdom of God looks like and the reason why these things are the characteristics of the kingdom of God is because these are the very characteristics of God God himself always he's righteousness everything he does is always right God is in peace nothing takes his peace and he is living in joy and now we being born again having the life of God have the same characteristics inside of you Righteousness is what you'll find if you look in. Rightness, everything being right. Peace and joy. That is the state of the real, the, the, the real you. Always. It's in peace. The way the enemy gets to... You know how the enemy takes away our joy? By causing us to lose focus or by stealing our awareness of the real us. Because as far as God is concerned, God is like, hey, salvation, I'm really good at it. Jesus says, I did an awesome job, a perfect job of saving you. I did it. Here you are. You have, I have come to give you life. <laughs> Jesus is saying, what I have done in you completely has destroyed any attempts of the enemy against you. You have now righteousness, peace, and joy. If you're aware of that truth, truth about you then you will never be without joy because you already have it this, this is, that's the truth amen say I already have it so next time you feel weak it's because the enemy took something from you your joy but he didn't even take it from the real he took it from, from here your, your, your physical awareness your mind what the Bible calls our mind our physical mind be transformed by the renewing of your mind literally your brain where your hormones are just things and you understand what I'm saying Phys in a physical sense it's not a spiritual sense our emotions are physical by the way we have to know that 
emotions are not part of the spiritual realm. What you feel directly here when something happens, it can be manipulated by the medicines that you take. Emotions. But the, the emo, like if we ever have emotional issues, if we struggle with depression, the ultimate fix to fix that is the truth. Come on. It's the truth of what God says about you. Because in the spirit, you are not broken. Because God is not broken. And you, you have been restored into the likeness of God. Amen? So that's it. So that's the greatest threat for the enemy. The greatest threat for, to the enemy are not just people who are born again. It's people who are born again and know that they are and know what that means and are walking in it. That's the, dangerous to the enemy because that's what Jesus was. That's what he did. Amen? Now, joy is the result of life. Say that. Joy is the result of life. Amen? enemy is afraid of the life that we have in us. He's afraid that we walk expressing this life. And it takes faith to do that. We can't do it by emotion. I used to try to like feel my way into like God. You know, sometimes when I feel great, I'm like, that's God. It's the spirit. I'm like, no, not, not necessarily. And I've been playing piano, leading worship like that for many years now. And I know, I can tell you for a fact, I can play certain songs and play them a certain way and people will be like, oh, the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, that's just, you like the song really, really, you know, you really like the song and you opened up. You like the song, and you opened up, and you made yourself vulnerable, and you receive something, and you feel good. It's okay to feel good, but the Holy Spirit is, is, is not a feeling. Sometimes you don't feel anything, but the truth remains. It always remains. I have led someone to Christ feeling nothing. That person was feeling something. I'm like, I've ministered people being touched by God powerfully, me feeling the exact opposite. It has nothing to do with my feelings. Amen? How we feel, it's, not, it's a part of the, 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 the flesh. And if you renew your mind, renewing our mind means renewing our thoughts and our thoughts and our, what control our emotions. Amen? So we can always change how we feel by changing what we think. And if we think the truth, Regarding who I am. The only thing you need to access what's in the spirit is faith. And like, the, it's a kind of faith where you, you don't even give, uh, you don't give any room for anything else but that truth. You're like, this is, this is truth. I don't feel, that. Oh, it's truth. And you just stay there. Like, you, you, won't, you know, like our cat, Blue? Some of you know her, right? If you try to move her, even if she's scared, she just, she, I don't know how she does, she just hugs the ground, won't get up. The others run. Just, she, she even, like, if you yell at her, if she's doing something, but she just stays there. That's what I remember, you know? Like, don't move. You stay on the tr truth. When you feel the opposite, you're operating in the spirit. You're operating according to the real you. Amen? And you know what happens eventually? The real you begins to become, like, manifested. And everything in the physical begins to conform to, the, to what's in your spirit. So your feelings suddenly change and the, 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 you begin to feel something and you, you're feeling the, the, you know, what's, what your spirit feels. But that's a different dimension. But it becomes, it, it becomes translated from the realm of the spirit into the physical realm through faith. Faith is literally how you translate what's going on. It's how you translate your reality in the spirit into the flesh, into the body. Are you guys with me? Praise God. So this is what the devil does. 
He has a plan when he makes us weak. It's not just for nothing. He comes after your joy. He causes something to happen. You know? Something around you. And he always has an end goal. Let me, let me give you an example. The devil doesn't always directly tempt you with sin. Because when you're feeling great, feeling good, some, if something tempt, tempted you, your keys came out of prayer, came out of worship, hung out with friends, whatever, you're just feeling great, and you're like, ah, get, 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 that, get, that, get that off my face. Satan, I ain't, I ain't doing that. Like, you just walk away, you got strength. But what he does is he comes with something totally unrelated. You're going somewhere, and someone just says something to you. A friend says something that hurts you, and you get disappointed, you get hurt. Your joy is gone. The enemy waits and he, he brings something completely unrelated and he tempts you with some sin. You are more susceptible then to fall for those things. He has a purpose for weakening you. He doesn't just come and say, hey, do this. He doesn't just, because he knows you won't. The devil, the, the, the devil never comes to me and says like, uh, you know, uh, get mad at Melu. I do, it just won't work. You know, in life I started to pay attention because I would be somewhere else. You know, working, coming, and, and I begin to gauge myself. Sometimes something would happen in some area, and I, like I'm down. And I realize when I'm feeling that way, I'm susceptible to completely be broken in, some, in, a, in, a, in a, another area. So now I realize if something happens at a certain place, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Like, I wonder what's about to take place. Give me, give me, just to give you an example. Can I, can I see, right? Like, literally, I'll be like, I'll come home, and I, and I just, and I'm like, sometimes I'll look, and I'll, I find Melu, and she's, Going through something. What's the enemy doing? He's weakening two people. You come together. And something that would never make you have conflict can suddenly make you have conflict. Why? Because he's weakened you already. So what I've realized in life is when the enemy begins to do something in one area, anytime disappointment comes, anytime I feel my joy and happiness begins to decrease, I say, nope. I don't care what it is, I, I'm, I keep it up. Because my strength is going to remain if I do that. And then the enemy can never have his way. Amen? Hallelujah. Also, if you've noticed, it's a lot harder to keep a diet when you're sad. Right? You're like, uh, I'm healthy, I'm working out, I'm not going to eat sweet, something happens. You're like, oh, where's the chocolate and ice cream? Right? Like, that's what happens. Keep your strength, to keep your strength, keep your joy. Amen? Hallelujah. External situations, the things that happen around us, did you know that they do not have a direct influence on our well-being? Not just for Christians, for anybody. Anything that happens in life, external situations, anything that's happening, it has no direct influence. No, the influence that it has on a person is never direct. How we choose to react to these external situations is what has the influence. Okay, does that make sense? Something happens. Oh, that thing just made me this way. No, no, it never didn't. It's how you chose to react to it. To it that affected your well-being. Nothing that happens around you in whatever area in life has nothing that can do to your well-being, whether you're a believer or not. But how you choose to react to that thing is what carries uh, the, the, the effect to your well-being. 
In other words, how we choose to react basically means we, we tell our bodies, okay, which, uh, which, 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 which hormones and things to release, which, which to hold back. So what this means is it's actually possible for a person to be in complete delusion and happy when things are happening around them. You can literally, it's possible to be like, something crazy is happening, you're like, ha ha ha, I'm having, you know, literally being delusional. It's possible. We may be like, oh my goodness, that person, but they're actually, ah, they're, they're, they're just <laughs> having fun. Now, that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that we react based on the truth, based on the promise of God. Amen? We must learn to react according to the life we have inside, to every external situation that comes. My choice is I need to react. How, how I react is what affects my well-being. How I react is, gonna, is what affects my joy. So things happen all the time around you. They're going to happen. When they happen, let's train ourselves. Okay, say let's train ourselves. Tell the person next to you, let's train, train yourself. We'll train. Let's train to react according to the life we have. Jesus gave us the solution already. He said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy what's inside of you. But I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. If we focused on the life that he's given me, because that life is not just like a life. No, no, it's just that life carries everything for eternity. Every, you're... Your entire, your condition for eternity is inside of that life he gave you. It's called eternal life. So, <laughs> every single thing we're going to do, every conversation we're going to have, all the things that we're, all the mysteries we're going to find out and do for, from eternity to eternity, never ending, was in that life that we got when we got born again. Is that life not enough? To, to cause me to react in a way that just makes me laugh at anything that happens around me. Amen? This is what Jesus has given me. We have to be bold and courageous and go there. It's hard. It's hard in the flesh. We say, forget your flesh and just go there. Align ourselves to that life. When we do, things happen. Amen? So we must choose to react according to the life we have inside, to every external situation that comes. The reaction is to be cheer. Say cheer. Our reaction, say my reaction, is to be, is to be cheer. Cheer means joy, means happiness, right? John, let's go to John 16, 33. John 16, 1633. Sorry guys, I gave you the wrong scripture. Oh, praise the Lord. John 1633, yeah, I gave you the right scripture. Sorry, I'm looking at wrong this. Okay. All right. John 16:33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have 
trouble. But be of what? Good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we must learn to what? We must learn to react according to the life we have inside. Jesus says this as he's about to go to the cross. He's literally getting ready to go to the cross. He's telling his disciples. Here's one of my final notes, guys, to you. Uh, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. So our reaction is supposed to be cheer, right? Here's a, we're going to dissect the scripture into a few places and just look at it, right? Jesus says, in this world, that world is what? It's external. Say external. external. I said external situations do not have any direct impact or effect to any person. It's the reaction, right? And God is telling us when the enemy comes, he's literally trying to take your awareness of the life you have. Jesus said, I gave you life. Don't let him steal that. He doesn't take you. You're safe. You're born again. Now he's trying to take your awareness of your life. Look at the life you have. You have to react according to the life you have. So Jesus says, in this world, which is external, you'll have trouble. And here's the good news. That trouble is external too. Amen? In this world, external, you will have trouble. External. Now Jesus says, but be of what? Good cheer. That's internal. The kingdom of God is what? It's characterized by what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Why? Because that's what the king himself is characterized by. That's the state he's in. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Did you know you're also a king, a queen in the kingdom of God? We are, we reign and rule with him. There will be no kingdom without us and without God. <laughs> the kingdom is really us. It's like we're the church, right? Like it's just like that. And we're also, my life, the life I have looks like what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy, cheer. He says, be of good cheer. That cheer, you already have it. You don't, it's not, <laughs> and try to force yourself, try to get cheer. You, you have it in the spirit. How, you, how do you get it? Go there by faith. Don't try to feel your way in there. Go over there by faith. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, which is also internal. When Jesus says he overcame the world here, it could have two meanings. The first is, he's too, well, for sure, he's telling us, in this world you have trouble. The reason being, I've been in this world, <laughs> I had trouble. Jesus had much, many, he was literally about to go to the cross by, you know, people who were against him. They had many other troubles. He says, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's saying, I overcame the troubles I went through, which means you can. If you react based on the life you have inside of you. If you don't react based on the life you have inside of you, then you know what happens? The trouble stops being external and it comes in. Not to your spirit, but it comes in to your thoughts, to your emotions. Your joy is gone. Your strength is gone. The enemy is just using you as a puppet to sin, to destroy other people, to hurt people, to not do anything useful for the kingdom of God, but do things against the kingdom of God. It's possible to be a Christian that's just doing work against the kingdom of God. You'll go to heaven, but it's like, what was I doing, you know, when you get there? The other thing is Jesus is telling us you overcame the world. It's, I, I take it to mean Jesus was about to go to the cross and defeat everything that held us down to overcome sin and death to make it possible for us to look like him. Right? 
This is what I've learned. You will always overcome every trouble that you do not allow to, to get inside of you. Because the trouble is external. Every trouble, 100% of the trouble that you do not allow to get in, you will overcome. If I keep it, if I'm like, in this world, it's external, there's trouble. Oh, that's your trouble, world. If I'm able to, re, and the only way we don't let it in is when, when, when trouble comes, instead of catering to it through my emotions and saying, oh, how can I tend to you? If I, instead, if I, and by the way, I am in the, this learning process. I'm telling you what I am up, applying in my life and striving to apply in my life. Instead of doing that, I go to the life I have, and I, I, I only focus on that, and I react based on that. My reaction never doesn't let it in. I'm doing what Jesus did. And I will always overcome every trouble that I will not allow in my mind. Allow it to get aside. It stays out there. Amen? That's how Jesus overcame. By the way, other translations where Jesus says, be of good cheer, they write, be of courage. You know why? Cheer is courage. Because, because joy is strength. <laughs> right? Cheer is courage. Courageous people that are not cheerful. I don't know where their courage, where, where's their courage? Right? Because a courageous person knows they will defeat anything that comes against them, so they're already happy. Nothing has taken their joy. You can't be, I'm courageous, but I'm sad. And no, why are, you, why are you sad? You're defeating whatever's coming against you. Amen? Joy, strength. Nehemiah 8.10, we will finally get there. If you haven't put, put, put you know, one-on-one together. The joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. There we go. There's the scripture, right? But I'm trying to explain why all this works. The context of here in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 8 is they were, you know, the, the, the laws of the Lord were being read to, to these people. God's ways, the statues, the law, the, the law is good. And the people, as they were hearing it, they were weeping and they were crying. This is the context of Nehemiah 8.10. The people were mourning at the reading of the law. Do you know why? I'm sure it's because they fell short. If the law is being read and you're keeping the law, you're like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're like, that's, a, that's, that's the law. But if the law is being read but you haven't been keeping it, that's when you mourn. You're like, I, mean, I fall at God. And you're, they're crying before God and they're, 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 they're asking out for mercy and forgiveness. And this is what God says to them. God, God cites his mercy. He cites his loving kindness for the reason to have joy. He literally says to them, this, this is the day of the Lord. It's holy. Go eat. Drink sweet things. The joy of the Lord is your strength. At the reading of the law, they're weeping and mourning because they didn't measure up. God mercifully tells them, go. Right? This is, he's, he's literally citing his mercy, say his mercy, as, as the joy of the Lord. Are you with me? His mercy is, the, his, the, is really the reason why they should celebrate and be happy. And when they're, when, they, when they're celebrating, when they're happy, their strength is renewed. How much more us? Because we have been eternally forgiven by God. Amen? When Jesus says, I will give you life, eternal life, it's because you've been eternally forgiven by God. That's why we have eternal life. Amen? So that means my joy is eternal. <laughs> Amen. Because the only thing that could separate me from my father was sin. Sin. 
Jesus destroyed my sin. I've been eternally forgiven. I have eternal life. And in that life is eternal joy. Amen? So this is God's, God's heart. He wants us to, to look at the life that we have inside of us and what he has done, what his mercy has accomplished eternally. So when something is taking place around me, I don't have to cater to it. I don't have to, I don't have to go to it. That's the first thing we do. The first thing we do is like, oh my goodness. But let's learn. Let's, let's renew our minds. This is, what, this is what the Christian walk is about. This doesn't come by saying, God, keep more. No, God is like, I'm here. I'm speaking. Do this. He's giving us instruction. So we have to say, God, okay, I'm going to have faith. I'm going to go. I'm going to look at what you have inside of me, put play, already placed inside of me. And I'm going to react according to that by faith. And faith is how we translate what's real in the spirit into this physical world that we live in. Amen? I'm going to say that again. Faith is how, say faith, is how I translate the real me into this physical world. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. Father, you're so good. You are so good. Earlier we were singing, faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. His promise, guys, is this. You are his beloved. You have been eternally forgiven. You have eternal life. You have eternal wellness. And whatever takes place around you, God is saying, respond like Jesus responded. No matter what takes place, oh, respond with cheer. And we only respond with cheer when we look inside and say, oh man, I'm already cheerful. I have already, already overcome this world. God, we love you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for every single person in this room that you have destined and called them for great things because they're your kids. They're your sons and they're your daughters, God. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that your truth sets us free. And I pray that as, as every, every single one of us go out of here and start a new week tomorrow, we do it with this awareness of this amazing news, this amazing gospel that we have heard. That we look at ourselves differently, that we, that we don't see the, the people around us and think like, oh, I'm just like, no, we're really not. We're not like everybody else would like Jesus. That's the word for you. You're not like everybody else around you. You're like Jesus. Hallelujah. Like Jesus. When situations arise, you're not like, we're not, we're like Jesus. We believe Jesus. Let that, let, that is our word for us, guys, this week. I will post it on Church Me just to remind you, you're like, say, I'm like Jesus. So we receive this, Father. We love you. We adore you. We are thankful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I speak every, your blessing over every person here. Say, say I am the, the child of God. I am blessed, I am anointed, I am healed, I am prosperous, I am full of love, I am full of peace, I am full of joy, I am full of strength. Thank you, Lord.